Real kissing is finally available in virtual reality. Don't accidentally hire a North Korean hacker. And MasterCard will allow you to pay with your face. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News. With your host, Jonesy. This is the only daily weird news podcast hosted by somebody inside a very small closet. Real-time kissing is finally possible in virtual reality. Hey, guys, I'm doing a tech story. I'm just trying to stay relevant and hip with my tech stories. It's very weird, though. Let's learn a little bit about kissing in virtual reality. I want real kissing, okay? Not fake kissing in virtual reality. According to most people... The metaverse just might be the new evolution of the internet. Have you heard of the metaverse? Are you guys cool? Uh, This is owing to the fact that the metaverse is a virtual reality that is perceived on a person-to-person basis. This means different things to different people, so much so that the thin veil between the virtual world and reality has actually become blurred beyond recognition. What is real? What is virtual? Is this a real kiss? Is it a virtual kiss? Oh my god, my mind is blown. In short, the metaverse is a virtual 3D world where people can interact with each other. You know this already. However, with meta evolving every single day, did you ever imagine that the virtual virtuality of this world could spill overboard and at some point become one with actual reality? Oh man, this sounds like a movie. In layman's terms, there are certain things that can now be physically felt even while being a part of virtual reality owing to what is known as haptic sensations. Ooh, haptic sensations. Let's learn about haptic sensations. It's the science of touch. That's what haptic means. It's how we interface with the world in many aspects. Yeah, we love to touch our world. Do you guys like to touch your world? I like to touch my world every opportunity I get. Technologies that create real-time feedback effects with touch rather than relying only on the sounds from a pair of headphones or images on a screen are known as haptics. Initially, the idea of haptics originated in the mid-70s, owing to arcade games, which were taken a notch further by the amusement parks later on. Eventually, the idea was mostly developed for gaming to provide a more realistic and immersive gaming experience. However, with the development of technology, haptic devices can now be paired with your VR headset. It began with developing haptic prototype gloves, which involved physical actuators to give users a sense of moving or touching in the virtual world. You guys are probably familiar with those gloves. However, now owing to the same haptic technology, real-time kissing, kissing is finally a thing in the virtual world. It says here, today's consumer virtual reality systems offer limited haptic feedback using vibration motors as a conduit and handheld controllers. Rendering haptics to other parts of the body is an excruciating task, especially in a manner which is practical in nature and is appealing to the consumer. The mouth is a rather interesting area, as it is second in terms of tactile sensitivity to the fingertips, and thus offers a unique opportunity to add fine-grained haptic effects. However, this one-of-a-kind application that allows people to kiss in real time in virtual reality has been developed by Carnegie Mellon University's Future Interfaces Group. This distinct and unprecedented feature has been achieved with the help of ultrasonic transducers. Wow, I should have known better than to try a tech story. I can't pronounce these damn words. We got 
ultrasonic transducers in a virtual reality headset where a person can literally feel the sensation of a kiss on their mouth without having anything cover it. Wow, okay, according to the researchers, here's a quote. This is a quote from the nerds. We built a thin, compact, beam-forming array of ultrasonic transducers which could be integrated into future headsets in a practical and consumer-friendly way. We use this hardware to focus airborne acoustic energy onto the lips and onto the mouth, creating sensations such as taps and continuous vibrations, which can also animate along arbitrary 3D paths. Anybody know what that shit means? The researchers added that the effect is not just limited to the lips, but to the entirety of the mouth. Apart from the lips, teeth, and tongue are the other two important parts of the body in terms of kissing and feeling, and the research has that covered too, as the effects can be felt on the teeth, as well as your tongue. Their claim is backed by graphical feedback, which they propose, when synchronized with, can provide a realistic, convincing, and immersive experience. Okay. It's uh, This is a game changer in the technological field, they're saying. And it leaves more room for exploration with regards to a full-body virtual reality sensation owing to this haptic technology. So pretty soon you could probably, maybe not soon, but at some point, having sex in virtual reality and you can feel it all. I mean, that's where we're headed. And of course we have to go that way because any technology has to be used for sex. <laughs> I mean, that's just what we do with our technologies. Porn and sex, right? Come on, you calling me crazy? You know I'm right. It says here, from building offices in the metaverse to creating a never-thought VR headset that allows people to kiss each other, there is no stopping this field of technology from branching out and taking us on journeys that we never dreamt of. Yes, um, this is going to go that way. I, I know nothing about virtual reality. I've spent very little time there. Uh, I don't have one of those headsets. A lot of my friends do, and they're, they're in there. They're even doing comedy shows in there. One of my buddies makes a bunch of money doing virtual reality comedy shows in the metaverse. So, I mean, there's a future for it, I'm sure. All sorts of stuff is happening in there, and more stuff is going to happen in there, such as making out and maybe making a baby. I, I don't know. What, what's possible? The FBI wants you to not hire a North Korean hacker. What a party pooper the FBI is. I was going to hire a North Korean hacker this weekend. Oh, well, why shouldn't I hire a North Korean hacker? Let's find out. U.S. officials have warned businesses against accidentally hiring IT staff from North Korea. Okay, so people are accidentally hiring North Korean hackers. They say that rogue freelancers are taking advantage of remote work opportunities to hide their true identities and earn money for North Korea. Oh, boy. And if you give money to North Korea, you know you're giving money to a bad person. So there was an advisory issued by the State and Treasury Departments and the FBI this week that said the effort was intended to circumvent U.S. and U.N. sanctions. They're trying to bring in money for North Korea's nuclear weapons and ballistic missile programs is what's going on here. These hackers... The officials say companies who hired and paid such workers may be exposing themselves to legal consequences for sanctions violations. Oh, no. If you hired one of these hackers, you didn't even know it. You could be exposing yourself to some sanctions violations and be sued. Oh, boy. That doesn't seem fair. I mean, if you didn't know, some of these hackers are just they're, they're supremely experienced. 
Very, it's a very complicated situation. I don't even know how you would suss them out so easily. They're very good at what they do. It says here there are thousands of DP, DPRK IT workers, both dispatched overseas and located within the DPRK, generating revenue that is sent back to the North Korean government. It doesn't tell me what DPRK stands for. Sounds important. Sounds like a place where we shouldn't have people remitting funds back to the North Korean government. I am up in arms. Here's a quote from somebody who's in charge of some shit. These IT workers take advantage of existing demands for specific IT skills, such as software and mobile application development, to obtain freelance employment contracts from clients around the world, including in North America, Europe, and East Asia. The North Korean workers pretend to be from South Korea, Japan, or other countries. Then they laid out a series of red flags that employers should watch out for before you hire a hacker inadvertently. Okay, you guys shouldn't hire someone in your IT department who's applying remotely if they refuse to participate in something like a video call or they request that you pay them in a virtual currency. Oh, big red flag there. They want some Bitcoin instead of real coin. The FBI is saying that the North Koreans are mostly based in China and Russia with smaller numbers operating out of Africa and Southeast Asia. And most of the money they earn is taken by the North Korean government. Oh, and now we have a quote from the FBI. Let me do a really cool FBI voice. Are you guys ready? Hiring the North Koreans poses many risks, ranging from theft of intellectual property, data, and funds to reputational harm and legal consequences, including sanctions under both U.S. and United Nations authorities. Sponsored by the FBI. All right, so what did we learn, guys? A bunch of North Koreans are pretending to be IT employees. They want to work for you remotely. They're, they refuse to get on a video call. They want to be paid in Bitcoin. They ask you for strange things, like if you would mail them a pair of your underwear. So that's that kind of thing. You want to look out for that. They want you to go to Walgreens and buy a bunch of gift cards. Uh, <laughs> they want you to help them get their Nigerian prince friend out of prison. There's a lot of red flags is what I'm saying, so watch out if you're trying to hire Somebody, don't hire a hacker, all right? <laughs> Weird AF News coming through again, helping you in your life. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yay! MasterCard is letting you pay with your face in stores. <laughs> all right, another technology story. I figure let's just keep it going with the tech guys. Uh, because I just love trying to pronounce these words. It says here, MasterCard is piloting some new technology that lets shoppers make payments with just their face or their hand at the checkout point. Sounds a little weird. Let's get some more information. The company yesterday launched this program for retailers to offer what's called biometric payment methods, such as facial recognition and fingerprint scanning. They offer this at the checkout where users will be able to authenticate their payment by showing their face or the palm of their hand instead of swiping their card. I love it how we just we just can't wait to pay anymore. I mean, it just takes so long to reach into your pocket. You know, 
it's like an extra five seconds to reach into your pocket and then take out a credit card and then take it out and then beep it. Boo! I mean, all that time. I could be watching more TikTok videos, guys. You can't be bothering me with this extra 10 seconds to pay. I want a faster way to pay. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I love how so much of our technology is just being used to allow us to buy things faster. Like you could buy a car now online or a home. Like who's buying a home online? <laughs> who's buying a car without test driving it? People do. So much technology is being poured into this area of just buying quicker because they're not making the products any better. How about you make the products better? All right. Less effort on me buying it quicker, but make the product better. I would love that. <laughs> Please. I mean, and who's so busy that they just have to buy a car online? I'm so busy. I just got to buy. <laughs> you buy cars. How many cars do you buy a year? Oh, I'd have to buy another car. All right. It's just, what is it like grocery shopping for you? Just no time, no time to even look at a car. Let me just buy it online, please. I got no time to spend $32,000. I need to do it in five minutes. I don't understand this at all. The kind of people that are just so busy, they buy a home online. But uh, I don't know. There's worlds out there that I just don't understand. Let's try and understand it, guys. Okay, this program has already gone live in five St. Marsh grocery stores uh, in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I've never heard of that. St. Marsh, it's a grocery store chain, I guess, in Brazil. Uh, MasterCard says it plans to roll it out globally later this year so you can pay with your nose hairs. Pretty cool. Here's a quote from MasterCard's president of cyber. Ooh, what a cool title. I'm the president of cyber. Uh, all the research that we've done has told us that customers just love biometrics. They want making a payment at a store to be as convenient as opening their phone. It says here about 1.4 billion people are expected to use facial recognition technology to authenticate a payment by 2025, more than doubling from 671 million in 2020, according to a research group. All these people just want to pay with their face. I don't know. I just never had, it's never been a dream of mine. To buy a bag of Cheetos with my forehead. I don't know. Maybe I'm not setting the bar high enough, guys. Now, you want to know how this works? Well, to sign up on MasterCard, you take a picture of your face or you scan your fingerprint to register it with an app. This is done either on your smartphone or at a payment terminal. You can then add a credit card, which gets links to your biometric data, also known as your pretty face. It's similar to the technology that's being trialed by Amazon in the U.S., they say MasterCard says it plans to bring the program to the U.S., Europe and the Middle East and Asia at a later date. In the long run, MasterCard's vision is to make the tech, quote, globally interoperable. So once you've stored your credentials, you can use this anywhere. The feature could integrate with loyalty schemes and make personalized recommendations based on previous purchases. Isn't that nice? It allows them to try and sell you more things that you don't need. <laughs> That's something we should celebrate. Yeah, take more of my information. Take more of my face. Do what you will with it. Of course, the use of biometric information for payments raises a host of concerns around privacy and how this data gets collected. But MasterCard assures you all the data customers enter into the system is encrypted in such a way that their privacy is never compromised. What about North Korean hackers, bro? These guys are out there. <laughs> uh. MasterCard's biometric tools could one day help with the development of payments 
for the metaverse. Ooh, we're back to the metaverse, guys. That's what they say. What we are working towards is the metaverse. Uh, they want to make you buy things easier in the metaverse. By the way, have you seen what the property values are in the metaverse? People are buying property in virtual reality for like hundreds of millions of dollars. That blows my mind, too. I'm trying to just understand all this, guys. I don't know about you. I think this is where it's headed, guys, spending all our time and money in the metaverse. I think um, another feature they're looking into is allowing users to select and buy items in the metaverse using nothing but their eyes. Wow. What if you look at the thing in a wrong way and you buy it? You didn't mean to buy it. I was just looking. I wasn't buying. I was just trying to look. Oh, man, I just bought it again. Hey, thanks, weirdos, for spending some more time with me and the show. Appreciate it. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Got a little tech crazy. I, I very rarely do that, so that was fun. Uh, I got uh, I got to give thanks and praise to Chaz in Maine who bought me coffee and wrote me a very lovely note. Um, Chaz wrote, always a great way to start my day. Cheers, Jonesy. Yeah, so, cheers to you, Chaz in Maine. Super appreciate that. I love my people in Maine. You know I'm from New England, right? Everybody aware of that? Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in Maine. Yeah, I'm not trying to brag, but, you know, spent a lot of time with some Mainers, man. Pretty nice laid back people, I have to say. You know, they call Maine vacation land. It's called vacation land. I was never quite sure why. That always seemed to confuse me. Because Florida sort of seemed like vacation land to me. You know, a lot of people go to Florida from New, from New England to vacation. Everybody up there goes down to Florida. I always thought that was vacation land. No, apparently Maine, Maine vacation land. I don't know how that happened. Long ago, some guy, I don't know, he was eating a lobster and got a hickey on a beautiful hill in Maine. was like, I dub thee vacation land. <laughs> I'm having the best time. <laughs> Anyways, I love Maine. And uh, thank you again, Chaz, for buying me coffee. If you guys would like to buy me coffee, go to weirdafnews.com. Just click on the banner. Uh, also, you can join the Patreon there. That's a way to support the show. Patreon.com slash weirdafnews. I put a bunch of stuff in there. Yesterday, including some amazing videos uh, and articles. Always just extra weird stuff that I come across. Stuff that I like, including my the, the song that I'm obsessed with right now. I put that in there as well. So if you guys want to... I know some of you are like, oh, I'd like to know what Jonesy... What, what, is, what else he's into. Well, the Patreon will show you what else I'm into. Yeah. So patreon.com slash weirdafnews or download the Patreon app and search for weirdafnews or just go to weirdafnews.com. If you'd like to email me, it's funnyjones at gmail.com. You can call the show 646-450-2012. I'm going to post, I'm going to publish a couple calls after this, by the way, just FYI. One of those calls is from a teacher in Texas who weighed, uh, she weighed in on the story I did yesterday about uh, a middle school student being accused of sexual harassment for misusing gender pronouns. Uh, she she gave uh, some pretty fascinating insight into it from a teacher's standpoint. I thought it was very valuable, and I'm going to publish that after this. So maybe stick around, listen to that. And if you have an opinion on it, you know, call the show as well. I like to hear various points of view. All points of view are welcome, to be honest. Just don't, don't, don't say the F word when you call, please. Uh, but yeah, and of course you can always email me what you think as well. And, um, and if you don't want me to publish something on air or read your email, just, just write that, you know, and, and I have no, I have no problem doing that as well. All right. I love you guys. I hope you're having a lovely day, night, morning, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for you five days a week. You can count on that. 
Jonesy. This is Becca from New Braunfels, Texas. I was just listening to your podcast about the uh, middle school kids who got in trouble at school for using the wrong pronouns with a fellow classmate. And as a teacher, I have watched this cultural change happen, and it has been uh, interesting, unsettling, bizarre, confusing, so many different things. Um, leaving aside the issue of those particular students, what I see happening is I see many young people um, trying to grapple with who they are, what they are, how they feel about themselves, how they want to be perceived in society. And these days, um, changing your pronouns, changing your name is one of the apparently acceptable ways to do that. Um, and what I see happening with families is I see a lot of parents freaked out by the fact that their assigned female at birth child has decided that they are not female and they wish to be going by they or them or he, him, and they want to change their name. And it's bizarre because as a teacher, there I am with the parent going, do not call my child by blah, 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 blah. And the kid, the person I actually have the relationship with, going, no, no, my name is blah, blah, and use they, them, or he, him. And it is a weird spot as a teacher to be put in because obviously parents can cause a lot of trouble for teachers, and so can teenagers. And I have to deal with that teenager every single day. And I have to try and teach that person every single day. And I don't know what to do about the gender issue. And I don't know what to do about those pronouns. I just know that I need to get along with people. And I wish more people would think about that before they get all up in arms about any number of issues. It's like, really? Is it any of your business, first of all? And is anybody getting hurt, second of all, is basically how I approach, excuse me, approach pretty much all of it. Anyway, that's just my two cents worth, Jonesy. Bye. Hey, Jonesy, it's Michael calling from Iowa City. Uh, I just wanted to congratulate you on the Boston Celtics moving on. That's right, beating the Bucks and moving on in the playoffs. That's terrific news for you, man. I know they were down for a while. And they even things up and to come from behind and and beat them and go further in the playoffs, that's got to be making you mad, crazy, happy. So congratulations to you. Also, on uh, the Florida Friday episode, you mentioned that you were going to see Babyface. That is uh, got to be a, have been a great show. Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, man. I mean, he's probably best known for uh, producing so many people, but – to form a record company with the great L.A. Reed, that record company called LaFace Records. They had so many great artists on that record label, and primary among them would be Tony Braxton. That uh, primary record that she put out, her first record, uh, 
was called Tony Braxton. Her debut album sold 10 million, and that's just got so many great hits on it that he helped uh, co-write and he produced the entire album. And when you think of all the songs that he's written and all the artists that he's produced for, we're talking people like Mariah Carey, Boys to Men, Madonna, I mean, writing Take a Bow, and uh, he wrote End of the Road, and Water Runs Dry, and I'll Make Love to You for Boys to Men, and producing Whitney Houston, uh, Aretha Franklin, Chaka Khan, Janet Jackson, Bruno Mars, just the greats, you know, just incredible songs, incredible people. And, you know, End of the Road and, and I'll Make Love to You, each one of those set a record for the most number of weeks at number one on the Billboard chart. And after setting a record for one of the songs, one of those two songs, then the next one comes out a year later and breaks the record the previous one had for the number of weeks at number one. Pretty incredible record. But to write and produce for people like Johnny Gill, Bobby Brown, Tevin Campbell, um, Pebbles, as I think maybe I mentioned her already, but just greats like Aretha Franklin and, and uh, As Yet. I mean, you, the list just goes on and on. The number of people he produced for, it's just amazing. So that had to have been a great show because he was a great artist in his own right. So I'm jealous of you, man, and I, I'm sure the show was great. And uh, I'm sure you enjoyed it a lot. So I, I hope you had a great weekend. I know you did with between that and the Celtics winning. So I hope you enjoyed it.